0: Canuck Central Thursday at Stan Richo and Satyar Shaw in the Kintech studio. Canuck Central is brought to you by Grip Auto, entire quality service you can trust, and 14 locations to serve you. Yeah, we we both made it into the studio yes. today. We're both in the Kintec studio. We're
1: here. Now if it wasn't a game day, I'd probably still be home. But since <laughs> it's a game day, we we have to be here. We have pre game and we have a game we have we gotta be at.
0: Yeah, so, so we'll uh we'll uh, fire it up on Sportsnet Pacific at six thirty in the lead up to the Canucks and Seattle Kraken. And then we'll head over to the rink and bring you postgame coverage. As well here on your home of the Canucks, as it will be the Canucks and Kraken tonight at Rogers Arena. This is the one team in the NHL that has never, mm. ever beaten the Seattle Crack, uh, the Vancouver Canucks. set.
1: yeah, um, that might change. It will change.
0: <laughs> I'm not sh- well. You know, are what? you
1: foreshadowing this evening's results? Not this evening's results necessarily. Okay. However, uh, on the money line. Uh, The away team might might be the favorites, but we'll talk about that coming up a bit later on. But but I I think the rivalry has yet to take off, of course, and it's not going to take off until both teams are relevant. Like regardless of whatever results we see this season, like when we talk about Canucks and Kraken. Mm -hmm. unless something happens that's going to be massively controversial, like a huge brawl or something, or um, something happens where somebody's taking liberties with someone and it becomes this hot-button issue that's going to create a lot of emotions. Outside of something like that happening at some point this season between these two teams, the rivalry is not going to take off until both teams are relevant.
0: Yeah, and uh, we're a ways away from that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and right now, the Kraken are closer to being relevant. Yes, I don't, now, there's a difference between closer to relevance now and long-term prospects mm-hmm. when you look at the players you have, but... Krakener probably ahead on both of those. Y- you know, that's where it gets interesting. Oh. So, okay, when we look well, at... Well, this the... is because
0: you think Shane Wright is just mm-hmm. like, not, I'm that not great. Well, I mean, I think he's okay. You, you he's think a he's, a third he's a third-line center? I don't, I'm not saying he's a third-line center. I mean, it <laughs> sounds like you're saying he's a third-line <laughs> center. I don't know.
1: I'm saying that Shane Wright has some question marks. Yeah. Shane Wright could very well be an unecohesher type, right? Mm-hmm. Or what if he's a Nolan Patrick type? Mm. All I'm saying is we'll see regardless, okay. right? Like, I like a lot of what, they, what they're doing. It's just Maddie Beneers is a special talent. Yeah. But how close is he to a player like a Elias Pettersson type? And then you go through the rest of the roster and you look at it and you're saying, okay, they have a lot more going for them right now. Yeah. But I'm not sure long term,
0: their big pieces are still quite there yet still don't have a stud D prospect yeah. really uh so Canucks at least have that um it's it's one of those things Kraken look pretty good right now they've got a decent roster you know they've got more depth than the Canucks do for sure and Maddie Baneers is looking great Shane Wright I still think very highly of him mm. so that could be uh pretty good down the middle for quite a few years but we'll get more into the matchup as uh, as the day goes on uh Ethan Bear will be a healthy scratch so will Jack Studnika. And uh, that means that every player this new management group, this front office has acquired outside of Ilya McKayev, Nils Oman, and Curtis Lazar, yes. have been healthy scratched at some point by coach Bruce Boudrosat.
1: So, and I also got this from Batch because I asked Batch, McKay Batch, has the Nika been healthy scratch this season? And technically, yes, he had been. But it was when he was acquired on the day and, you know, he, he was right. part of the roster. But he had just got to Vancouver. He didn't play that game. So technically a healthy scratch. But, I mean, you're not. It's yeah. not a message sending or like, hey, you've been playing poorly type of scratch. So he hasn't really been healthy scratch. Same thing with Curtis Lazar. Everybody else mm-hmm. has. The Ethan Bear one is hard to square. And I'm his, I'm one who's kind of like you've been a big bear guy. Um yes. I know Bix been been a big bear guy. We've talked about him on the post game show. You've been talking about him here, and I've kind of been like, yeah, yeah, he's fine, but like not quite as into his play as you guys have yeah. been. But even so, I don't understand how he's the guy who's being healthy scratched.
0: It, it's just a repeat of the same argument that we've had for the last couple of weeks. Like, how is Riley Stillman getting into this lineup right now? What has Riley Stillman done to deserve? getting into the lineup pretty much every time he's been in the lineup since his acquisition. Yeah. You know, they gave it, they've given him a few looks, and he hasn't done a lot with those looks, and yet Bruce keeps trying to get him out there and see what he can do, and it hasn't really worked. And tonight, it looks as though Riley Stillman's going to be out there with, Ethan, uh, with uh, Kyle Burrows on that third pair, and we went from last week... Ethan Bear being experimented with Quinn Hughes mm-hmm. as part of the top pair to now he's in the press box. I don't quite understand that. Now, even if you look a little bit further, Ethan Bear is the only regular player on the Vancouver Canucks, the only regular player on the Vancouver Canucks that has managed high scoring chances at a 50% clip. Yep. He's even, dead even. Yes. He's dead even per natural stat trick. Yeah. but he's the only regular player on the entire roster that is at fifty percent. Nobody else. Yeah, zero. There's literally no one else. Not, not Quinn even, Hughes. Not, not even Hughes. Elias Patterson. Yeah. Not even Quinn Hughes. Only Ethan Bear, and that to me that counts for something. So I, I just, I'm, I'm frustrated because I don't quite understand where this is coming from and how. Ethan Bear is now taking his turn in the press box when so many others have not had that happen to them. Yeah, and uh, y- y- you know,
1: I see people texting in and saying, "Hey, this is a sign of them tanking because they're sitting good players." But if that was the case, why are you playing Elias Pettersson tonight if he's good to go? Yeah, like if first practice I see a game bag, time decision. Yeah, if, if if you're actually tanking, you're saying, "Hey, PD, take your time. You're not playing tonight. Maybe in Edmonton." Yeah. So it's, this is not a; these aren't tanking moves, but. We'll get to the Hoaglander put Coles in one. I think they do aim or show that there is a bigger plan and that there is something else at play here. And the environment, as we've talked about in Vancouver, is not exactly conducive right now for yeah. development for young players. So that's an issue. But overall, with how these decisions... Bruce is making these decisions because that's what he thinks he needs to do to win hockey games. Bruce isn't trying to tank. I'm mm-hmm. telling you guys, Bruce isn't trying to tank. Uh, Raymond says, is Bruce trying to get fired? Tell me I'm wrong so he doesn't have to fly to Edmonton. Mm. But I mean, like, so I don't know if he's trying to get fired, but one way to do so is to just throw everything management's done kind of back at them. Yeah. You know, th- this notion of management tells Bruce who to start. And maybe there's been a discussion when the acquisitions were made that, hey, listen, I acquire these guys. I'm like, I expect them to play. And Maybe there's a message that was sent at some point when these players were acquired and you talked about it. Or whatever, but the decisions that Bruce is making, yeah, or at least the ones he's been making the last month and a half at the very least, are 100% Bruce calls. Like, I don't think management is thrilled that Ethan Bear is being scratched. Yeah. I don't think they were thrilled that Stadnika got scratched. I don't think they were thrilled that Garland got scratched that one game. Heck, I think, and I mentioned this, I think the organization has a far higher opinion
0: on Hoaglander than the coach does. Well, even Hoaglander, you look at him four points in five games before going back into the press box and eventually move to Abbotsford His total production at five on five is at nine points. It's one point fewer than, than JT Miller. So if we're really looking at the numbers and looking at, well, Oh, Nils Hoaglander isn't actually producing. So, you know, Bruce Boudreau has the reason to take him out of the line. It's not true. (laughs) Facts only. He is producing a lot more than a Sheldon dries. Let's say who, I thought was just in the lineup because Bruce mm-hmm. liked that he could play center and, you know, didn't have a- enough options to play center there in the bottom six. But even when Sheldon Dries isn't playing center and he's moved to the wing, he's still in the lineup. So that's clearly a Bruce call because there's all due respect to Sheldon Dries. You know, he's given himself a, a-, a good shot at a career, and he's yeah. filled in well for the Canucks over the last year and a bit. But knows Hoaglander's better player and, and means a lot more to this Canucks roster. 100%. And if the coach is looking at
1: it long term, maybe he's willing to kind of bite it a bit or whatever. Yeah. But I I do agree. Like, Hoaglander has to play better. Hoaglander has to be more consistent. This is now two coaches in a row that haven't been enamored with Hoaglander's overall play. outside there's, of the Yeah, there's season, understanding
0: flaws, but yeah. there's also understanding, you know, this guy is the better player for sure
1: now there are certain things though about development where you kind of have to you know the carrot and the stick like if you want players to learn like sometimes you do hold younger guys to a higher standard you're trying to learn you're trying to teach them the value of things right like we talk about the environment here in Vancouver did they teach enough of these young guys tough lessons when they were coming up before probably not yeah so I don't think it's too late to try to do that with guys like Hoaglander and I think them going down him and Podkozen, them utilizing Abbotsford right now and trying to get those guys minutes shows that, hey, that's why we have our farm team here. That's mm-hmm. why we want to get these guys minutes if we can. And right now, it's better for them to go play there than be part of whatever's happening here in Vancouver. Yeah. And honestly, like to your point, is there a real meritocracy happening right now? Doesn't feel like it. So the only guys that have long leashes, Myers, OEL... The veterans, right? On the yeah. back end and Quinn Hughes. Those three are and Luke Shen, right? Yep. Those f- four have leash on the back end. Forward wise, it's JT Miller. Yep. Bo Horvat. Yep. Elias Patterson. Yep. Now Mikheyev, too, is yep. essentially part of that, but he plays a lot of those four guys. And then everybody else is kinda of like up and down. Yeah.
0: Uh, Oman's not come out
1: of the lineup. No, but Oman plays at 11 minutes a game. Yeah. But I'm saying that in terms of like, you know... I doubt Lazar would come out of the lineup. Yeah, again, but a guy plays 10, 12 minutes yeah. a game. But of the guys he leans on, it's all those top-end guys. Yeah. And then you look at Kuzmenko, kind of goes up and down a little bit. He's been healthy scratch, but generally he's he's playing a lot. We've seen Besser, you know, on the verge <laughs> Almost getting the scratch, healthy scratch. But also his minutes have gone down in a big way. We've seen Garland, for instance. And now Besser, I don't think has played well at all at any point. For yeah. us to be like, hey, he deserves to play more. And I've been critical of Connor Garland's play. Like, and I like to tease you guys a lot because you guys like Garland more than I do about like how ineffective he is sometimes off-air when we're joking around. Yes. But like I do agree that Garland has, hasn't deserved to be healthy scratched. Yeah. And I do agree that Garland's had a lot of games when he's been good. And then he's one mistake away from being stapled in the lineup. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, is there a real meritocracy going on? Because the guys that keep making mistakes keep getting the leash. And everybody else, it's kind of dependent on what happens. And you get you are held accountable, but other guys aren't held accountable either. So what's the vibe around the team? And for a guy like Hoaglander, it's probably best for him to go and play in Abbotsford, get a lot of minutes, then not being sure if he's on the first line or being demoted in the next game because he, make it, he made a mistake that all the veterans make four or five times every game.
0: Now, I think this is a real problem because it's clear you know think about Kevin Hayes in in Philadelphia right now yeah and you know I know uh, I I watched a little bit of that afternoon game it was actually it was morning game here um, between the Flyers and the Leafs and yeah it was only 4-3 for Toronto but the Flyers were awful they look like a team that's already given up on their coach and he's only been in place for a few months this season Mm -hmm. but Uh, Kevin Hayes is not the type of player that you would normally see healthy scratched he's a veteran he is uh, played a lot played well he's their leading scorer uh, plays center plays a big role on that team and when you like, if you're going to make the choice to healthy scratch a player of that stature it better be with merit because you could turn your room against you in a way that's like that's disrespectful to one of the big players one of the the top players on our team yeah, more than the other thing where like, Oh, this is a message to everybody that anybody can be scratched. I'm more likely to believe the former than I am the latter. that some guys will feel that that is a level of disrespect to the player, to the big player on the team. I think in this case for the Canucks, when we talk about meritocracy, it can be frustrating for players to see that their play on the ice may not matter Mm -hmm. for their state in the lineup, and their future towards playing that next game. We're not that far removed from Hoaglander being the best player in the lineup in an actual victory for this team. Yeah. And now he's in Abbotsford. And we've just seen it too many times. Guy has a good game, makes one bad mistake, down the lineup. There has to be a question about meritocracy. And I'm starting to wonder, that if we don't see this team play better the mm-hmm. next two nights, and I know it's Christmas, I know it's the holidays, some guys get their flip-flops on early before that three-day break, but – if I don't see this team play better, I, I have serious wonder if they're still playing for this coach.
1: Well, so I think those questions are even fair right now. Yeah. And let's just take a pause for one moment. I need to add a disclaimer here before everybody starts freaking out mm. about like, you know, it's, it's is, it, is this... I like the disclaimers. It, this is not to say the Canucks find themselves in the situation they're in because of Bruce Boudreau. Yes. Okay? Him being a lame duck coach in this entire situation, you can also hang on management and ownership who brought him in. And we heard Rutherford say that, hey, we thought it was going to be a one-year deal. It ends up being a two-year deal. He says it was the right choice because, he, play, you know, the team played well. But it's clear he's not really the guy they want. So it's not a situation that you've been able to provide for the coach. So I don't think it's his fault. And the team obviously has its flaws. But as we sit here and we're evaluating what they're doing on the ice and how the players are responding or not responding to the coach. And again, another disclaimer, just because these guys are tuning out Bruce maybe doesn't mean they deserve to get another coach fired, right? But it looks like it. When you're watching what's going on, the team's not responding to the coach. Yeah. It's pretty clear, mm-hmm. right? They're playing worse than they were playing under Travis defensively. Yeah, We talked about this with Kevin Woodley as well. The numbers don't lie. They're scoring more goals, but they're worse defensively. Yeah. The habits are worse. Yes. Why is that continuing to happen? We can blame the leaders on the team for sure. Like I've been ripping the players left, right, and center, mm-hmm. right? Bo one game, JT yesterday. We're, we're ripping all the guys. But it's clear, and you see these decisions right now. They're head-scratching. The meritocracy doesn't seem to be there. And, yeah, it doesn't look like a team that's responding to the coach. I don't see them firing him over the Christmas break, obviously. And I'd be surprised if he gets fired in January. If they win two or three games, hey, maybe the pressure comes off, the guys feel a bit better again, and, and maybe things turn around. But if things keep going the way they're going and it keeps devolving and you're not on the same page with management and you're not making decisions that make a lot of sense yeah. and the team looks listless like what choice are you, are you going to have even if you don't want to use that bullet what choice
0: do you have at some point at some point do you have to pop the balloon and release some of the pressure right i mean it's it's, it's hey they're trying to make trades that's not happening yeah right it's, and is this season too far gone anyhow you know they're, that question but, yes. very much hangs in the balance,
1: and I'm with you. The only question I've had, and I've been saying forever, that they don't want to fire the coach because they don't. Yeah, they'd rather get through the season. But do you get to a point where it's almost it, it's the harm being done by how the situation is being unfolded is doing harm to your overall situation long term? Yeah, you know, like if that's something you feel, that means you got to fix it one way or another. Now you can also do that, make some trades and sit some guys out and still do the tank. So I don't think firing the coach... And trying to have a better environment means you're trying to win and get back into the postseason. I think it's more about stability, and it's about things not getting to a point where you're really just wasting all these games when it comes to your chance to develop players and, and build some sort of a system or identity for your team moving forward,
0: or at least with the core guys that are going to be here, whoever they are. It's impossible to do that, though. When you know the coach is not well, that's long the for the job. Like Even if he lasts the rest of the year, Sat, yeah. everybody – we all know wh- where the situation is going, where the – like Bruce Boudreau is not going – I don't, I really don't see a scenario now where Bruce Boudreaux ends up being the Vancouver Canucks coach beyond this season. Oh, there's, I mean, that's not happening. The only thing is, like, unless they pull a St. Louis Blues and win the Stanley Cup, you know, like, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about here. And we know how unrealistic that's that, not that scenario is. That's not happening. I mean, yeah. Bruce
1: isn't going to be here next season. It's pretty clear. Yeah. But I don't know at what point they pull the plug on it.
0: So how do you build on, like, you know, th- this is part of the problem with going forward with this type of plan And what the worry was, you know, are the players eventually going to know, like, okay, this guy's not going to be here long term. But uh, Uh, but even beyond that. There's only one untouchable on this team. Any one of us could go anytime soon. And even that, like, yes. But part
1: of it, too, is, um, like, you're just not responding to the coach. He's used so many cards since he's been here. Like, I I just don't think there's anything he says anymore. And he said he's trying to be positive. But it's clear you see the pressure on Bruce as well with everything happening.
0: Have you uh, have you read IMAX latest? Yeah. At Sportsnet.ca. Yeah. It's about Bruce's positivity, mm-hmm. and reading some of the quotes from the players in there, I, I'm not going to speak for them. But what the quotes said to me was, or at least had me thinking, are they getting tired of that positivity? <laughs> are they getting tired of that message? Or the message, whatever that may be, from Bruce Boudreaux because he's just been trying to get blood from a stone out of this roster for over a year now. Well, you know what the
1: biggest sign usually is of—and and again, like, I, I, and you're right, and maybe part of that is. But to me, if that's the case, I mean, it, it, that irks me. It's like you, you, personality-wise, you guys can't take a positive guy. Like, that's how quickly you tune a guy out. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not justifying this, but if I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the position and say, like, how do you get to a point where this coach you had so much success with the year before, it goes so sour so quickly? Yeah. What are the reasons behind it? So is it simply because they're trying to do things that are ineffective? Like, the most basic answer is the most, you know, it's like Occam's razor, right? Like, yeah. hey, the, the the most likely, you know... The most plausible scenario is probably the most likely scenario, right? Like, it's probably not aliens. You know, it's Mm -hmm. probably, you know, like, it's probably something more easily (laughs) explainable. So in this situation, I think the most easily explainable way of looking at it is if you're trying to do certain things to win hockey games and they're ineffective, you don't believe in it anymore. Yeah. What have we heard the players talk about more and more recently? You guys had, you spoke to Quinn at the Sports Celebrities um, Festival, uh, Celebrities Event, he talked about systems play and he still bemoaned the fact we keep changing systems and you know we're trying to figure it out. These guys are still talking about trying to figure out what they're doing on the ice. Yeah. It's like somebody gives you a plan, right? Somebody gives you like a plan to go and do things. You know how you go to IKEA and you have the pamphlet how to build something to how, how to make <laughs> something? If that plan doesn't work, yeah. How frustrated do you get? Very. And at the end, at some point, you're like, like screw this, man. Like, I'm, this. like, whatever you guys show me, it's not going to work. Yeah. Like, w- w- what are you even doing? Who
0: designed this thing? Like,
1: what, what is this thing? Yes. You know what I mean? This makes no sense. And I think that's kind of would be my... If, if the team has lost, if Boudreaux's lost the guys, I don't think it's because he's overly positive. I don't think it's because he made these meritocracy decisions. I think it simply comes down to what they're trying to do is ineffective. And when you're tr- when you can't execute a plan people won't follow you, right? It yeah. doesn't matter what the plan is. If you can't execute the plan, people will stop following you. That's what it looks like cuz this team looks like it's lost the plot when it's out there. You know, like we talk about systems play or what are you doing that that's building up towards you getting on a run or like yeah. what are the markers that make you successful?
0: They ain't got, they have none of that. We talk about it being beer league hockey half the time. The contrast between them and Winnipeg especially was was very stark. You know, that was a Winnipeg team uh playing within a structure Trusting each other, not just playing hard for each other, but, you know, getting out there, blocking shots, doing all of those little things to make the most of what they have on their roster. Right. And we talked about it in the pregame that night. Well, Winnipeg is a team. They don't really control high danger chances at a great number. Mm -hmm. They they still have a little bit of flaws defensively, but they get great goaltending and they score when their shooters get their opportunities and they're committed to to a way of playing. And they've committed to that under Rick Bonus, and it's worked really well for them. Yeah, I don't see that happening here in Vancouver. The one quote that really stuck out to me was from J.T. Miller. Bruce is the positive guy, right? He has a more positive body language than I do, just as people. That's one of his best qualities as a coach. He gets us to run through a wall as a team every day, but as a group, you can't just say, be positive and then put up a bad effort and be positive. For me, if you want to be positive, have something positive to talk about, like go compete, play hard, play within our structure, do your job. Sometimes you go out and you lose the game, but you played a hell of a game. That would be positive. But it's hard to be positive watching our video and not liking what we see. Yeah. That was like that. It's a pretty loaded quote from J.T. Miller. Yeah,
1: Pretty loaded, isn't it?
0: And now I know
1: we we read into things a lot. Yes. You know, and it's easy to do. And, and I know sometimes uh, I bet you Bruce gets really frustrated with the fact that we're constantly reading into everything he says and everything he does is getting so closely, you know, yes. scrutinized. And it's like, I didn't mean it. Like how much we
0: it. read and destruct everything
1: yes, or yes. like even any quote that he says. Right. Yes. Like, I think I think a lot of those things have been very frustrating. Uh, for him and in general, for a lot of people, welcome here. to playing
0: in Canada, Bruce. Right, that's kind it's the
1: reality <laughs> of being in Canada, right? I think it's. Fr- but then obviously, when you're not winning, it gets even harder. And last year, nobody was questioning Bruce because they were having success. Yeah. You know, Bruce, there it is. Everything's good. Everything's hunky dory. You know, and I I, I likened it to the honeymoon phase where you're laughing at 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 all the yes. jokes, right? Yes. And and There's all nothing flaws, your partner can do wrong. No, and all the flaws are endearing. Yes, you know. And then as things start unraveling and you're not <laughs> happy, those flaws are pretty annoying. They're not yeah. endearing anymore, yeah. you know. And, and I think a lot of that is kind of kind of happening as well, right? Uh, but. I do think it's unfair in general, though, for another coach to pay the price. And I think the organization understands that as much as they are frustrated with what Bruce has been doing or how this is all unfolding. They don't. And Brotherford himself said this, right? You know, hey, if the players think we're going to get the coach fired, they'll be gone before he is. So that message has already been sent. They're very clear on it. It's just like, at what point do you reach that breaking point where you have to do something? Yeah. You know,
0: I It goes both ways here because we all know Bruce isn't the entirety of the problem, right? We've we've been down this road. We know this road. It's just becoming abundantly clear that this team has not bought into a new structure of play, has not bought into, it feels like, any structure of play lately. And that's a real concern for this team and anybody that they plan on having be here for when it's supposed to get better. Mm Mm-hmm right so maybe it works for this season maybe you manage it because hey there's going to be a lot of great draft picks in the top 10 but how much does that affect you moving forward if you go forward with this and the way the situation has played out so far yeah that's the big question mark
1: I think that's what they're trying to weigh through all this I I wanted to read this text unsigned okay I heard Bruce refuses to start
0: Hatterberg on first
1: (laughs) great reference fantastic reference
0: man um Ron Washington did all he could to, to to help uh to help Hatterberg play first still wasn't working uh all right how
1: wasn't a fan man
0: <laughs> all right coming up Cheech John Garrett we know you love him we do too we'll get his take on the Canucks next on Canuck Central It is Canuck Central. We're in the Kintec studio. Kintec footwear and orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. Canuck Central is brought to you by Grip Auto and Tire, quality service you can trust, and 14 locations to serve you. Uh, we're in the Kintec studio, Canucks in Seattle, cracking tonight. So... Um, have you uh, have you done all your uh, Christmas shopping? Uh yeah. See, I, I feel buy like a couple cards, that's it. Just some cards? Mhm. Mm-hmm. See, I wanted to like go out and get a couple of things, not mm-hmm. just like, you know, kind of stocking stuffer type right. things, and and also like grocery shop. Oh yeah. But Grocers. now we we're on the brink of another snowmageddon, mm-hmm. so I probably won't be able to do that tomorrow. No, I, I think it might be you... uh, SOL as they say. Yeah, but if, uh,
1: on Christmas Eve, most mm-hmm. places are open. Okay. On 24th, you can do some last-minute 24th. Who wants to do that shopping on, on Christmas You may, Eve. we have no choice. You I have no have choice. No choice. Uh, I mean, tomorrow's not supposed to be that bad. Is I, it? I mean, tomorrow's supposed to rain. It's supposed yes. to get up to, like, above freezing. Oh, rain.
0: yeah. It's like it's, gonna, it's supposed to snow and then freezing rain. That sounds better. That yeah. Sounds it
2: sounds worse, sat
0: <laughs> Let's bring in uh, John Carrot. Uh, always. Uh, Cheech is always prepared for, for the best and the most. Uh, What's happening, well, I Cheech? Have,
2: I have one of those stories. Okay. Uh, I did a game in Calgary. Yep. And uh it was on i guess the twenty third <laughs> yeah twenty third yeah, and flying back from Calgary to vancouver and uh there was weather here in Vancouver, and we couldn't get out and there was Larry Isaac was producing the game with me, and so we're stuck in the Calgary airport, and we decide, okay, we're gonna drive we we rent a car <laughs> to drive in this weather from Calgary to Vancouver. And there was this other guy there, John Sanderson, who was not John Sanderson, the trainer, but Mm -hmm. another technical guy on the truck. So he came with us. And then there was this policeman from Kamloops who was trying to get back home. And, (laughs) oh, you guys are heading in my direction. So it was planes, trains, and automobiles. We pile in the car and drive through the mountains. And fortunately, the car had... Serious radio, so we had some to listen to, and it, it was took us so 16 hours to drive. Oh, man. Yeah, it was just crazy. But we made it.
0: Yeah, as long
1: as you make it, that's the only thing that matters. Yeah,
2: and the weather. I mean, they talk about the freezing rain, but it's transitioning from snow to rain, so how long is the freezing rain going to last? And they say in the Fraser Valley it might last 16 hours or something, but come on. Where were they two weeks ago when <laughs> I was stuck till 4 o'clock in the morning going home? Now, they're going to close the roads down? Yeah, come on. <laughs> They might.
1: I mean, they might have to at this point. I mean, it's just apparently everybody can work from home now Yeah, at, at, at any point. <laughs> yeah. Well, most people can, yeah. which is kind of funny. But, I mean, it's just, when they say stay at home, just work from home, I mean, it's not that simple for everybody. You can't just work from well, home. Well, you'll
2: like this, Sat. We're working from home tomorrow for the game.
1: We are. We are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Because Are the you crew, with Murph yes, tomorrow, I want to be. Yeah, Murph called me right uh, before the show, oh, so man. yeah, I'll be I'll be on yeah. tomorrow. Because yeah, I mean the crew can't make it to Edmonton, yeah. so, we're, See, so we, 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 we do it would be them.
2: no yeah. sat. We'd have no sat for the game if we go to Edmonton. But what a <laughs> thrill this is going to be! <laughs> the viewers crazy. get to watch sat again. <laughs> yeah, we can hardly wait. It's been
0: minus forty in Edmonton. I'm not sure anybody's uh, too upset. You guys aren't making that trip. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and is it sustainable that we can keep sat? Coming on night
1: after night after night. It's not honestly, it's, it's not sustainable, and honestly, my performance I don't think is uh, it, it, oh. is up to the merit of it, anyways. To begin with, gg be had a week uh, off
2: like last week. He's I was fine. sick. I was yeah. sick. <laughs>
1: I say Pedersen and I both missed a week. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. And he's coming back, and, uh, and you're coming back. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're on the pregame show tonight, too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah we got pregame oh, on TV man. as
1: well. I know, I know you're already sick of me. I can't wait to talk to you
2: tomorrow. And the postgame show. <laughs> I, I always listen to your postgame show.
0: SatNet 650, Uh, right, right, Cheech?
2: (laughs) Yes, Sat 650. Nobody's (laughs) more tired
1: of hearing me than uh, John Gary on the air and seeing me on TV. I I, I honestly think they just troll Cheech now. That's basically what it is.
2: I just (laughs) wish that I had the technical skills and the know-how to call from my phone when I'm driving. Call, please. My 2006 Envoy, I don't think, is hooked up so that I can just talk. and, And then I could call in. You yeah. should call in, and and <laughs> please do. <laughs> call in and critique our performance. All
0: right. Who's who's listening oh. that can get uh, a Bluetooth radio into Cheech's 2006 Envoy? That's, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: that's what we need right now. Oh. Uh, all right. Oh, no! One. I, I, sorry, I'm okay. sorry. On the Christmas <laughs> front, I wanted to ask you. On the Christmas
2: front, I was going to do my Christmas shopping tomorrow in Edmonton. Oh, well, so, now what well, I, I was, was going to ask West you. West
0: Edmonton Mall. That was a huge. Well, Pacific Pacific Center is not
2: West Edmonton Mall. We're staying right downtown. I could walk through all those uh, bridges, those sky bridges, and get right to the city center mall. Right. And and I don't have a whole lot to get. And go to
0: the Joey's, you know. Yeah, the only place you can go.
2: Well, no, we're only there. We would have only been there for the day, (laughs) but now I'm not even doing that. So, I mean, Christmas
1: shopping-wise then, so tomorrow before the game – uh, the good thing is um, just just stop by Pacific Center and then come to the rink afterwards. Like, how much do you have to get? Like, Do you have to buy everybody gifts still? No,
2: no. And my grandkids are old, so they just give us gift cards. Grandpa, <laughs> give us gift cards. We'll get our own stuff. So that's fine. My wife and I, oh, yeah, we got new rugs. Let's give ourselves new rugs for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we tore out some carpet. The house is 20 years old. So, oh, yeah, Merry Christmas to us. So we got new rugs. <laughs> that sounds good.
0: That sounds great. You thrilled with it, yeah. yeah. Brighten up the house.
2: <laughs> 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 uh, they're coming over, I hope, on uh, Christmas Day, unless all the roads are closed. Yeah, we'll see how much freezing rain uh, there is. For turkey dinner and, yeah. and, the, and the whole shoot and match. So that's always good.
0: All right, we'll, we'll talk a little bit of hockey, and then we'll talk about your favorite parts of Christmas dinner. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, ketchup
2: with my turkey too. Oh no! Don't uh, although tell me my that. wife hates it, and she has cranberries and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they're good. Good. Fancy, At least
1: one of you is saying it's good.
2: <laughs> she puts a fancy dish on the table with a you know a little spoon in it and stuff, so that everybody doesn't realize that it's ketchup. <laughs> they know. I mean, it's just family. They know it's ketchup. Come on.
1: She's embarrassed by it, isn't she, somewhat? Yeah, yeah. she is.
0: <laughs> so, like, she really? Ketchup, ketchup on the Turk? For, like...
2: She got me a ketchup ornament for the Christmas tree. <laughs> she ordered it online. You should, you should probably just it hang... looks like a Heinz ketchup bottle, but it doesn't have Heinz. There must be a, a patent on uh, using the, the Heinz label. So it looks exactly like a Heinz ketchup bottle. Uh, but it doesn't have the Heinz.
1: Just grab, the, grab some extra some, uh, mini Heinz ketchup bottles from the hotel next time and hang <laughs> them off your
2: tree. Yeah, no. no, 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 no. Come on, that's tacky. This is a fancy tree.
0: Everybody else is uh, debating, like, gravy or cranberry sauce, and there's Cheech in the corner with the ketchup on the turkey. That's right. <laughs> yes. We yes. also found out where
1: Cheech draws a line. He will not hang ketchup <laughs> bottles off his Christmas tree. No,
2: no. I have an ornament. A fancy, nice, ordered online ornament that probably cost her, you know, 20 bucks or something, which is high end ornament. And uh, there it is. It's hanging on the Christmas tree. It displayed prominently, I might add, too, right at the front. Not at the side or at the back or anything. It's right at the front.
0: Uh, Jeffro wants to know if you if you ever give out John Garrett jerseys for Christmas.
2: John Garrett jerseys? No, <laughs> although uh, my daughter in Tampa. Uh, a few years ago, she wanted one, so I, I had to order a Flying Bee uh, Canuck sweater for her. And th- th- I don't know whether that was a Christmas present or a birthday present, but anyway, yeah, I got her a uh, custom John Garrett Flying Bee sweater. Did you get a alum- Canucks
1: alumni discount for it? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, good. Do you get that now, Sat? Is that
2: 650 <laughs> I mean, no. The only thing I get discounts get the, for uh, is 650 uh,
1: gear, yeah.
2: Yeah, the alumni get uh, a discount, which is nice, and so uh, we go into the gift shop, and I bought uh, Bo Horvat sweaters for s- some friends the other day. Nice. They're, they're back-ordered, though. It's crazy now, the supplies, you know.
0: Supply chain issue everything. on everything, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're back-ordered, so I had to get them made.
0: Uh <laughs> and uh so okay so this team right now I mean the last couple games were were pretty ugly um like what is it about this home and road record thing Cheech is it is it anything it's just it's so hard to see a team play so poorly on home ice compared to how they've played on the road
2: yeah uh that's I think it's part of it I think they put more pressure on themselves yeah uh, when they're playing at home uh You know, nobody likes to get booed. You're a professional athlete and you're playing in front of 19,000 people and uh, you take pride in your game. That's why you're in the NHL. And nobody likes that. Mm -hmm. So you try and do a little more and do a little extra. I think that's part of it. But I also think that they've been unable to establish themselves. And you look around the league that the teams have a good home record. Mm-hmm. And you look at their first periods and uh, that old cliche that you impose your will on the opposition when you're at home. And the, how many times have you been able to say that with the Canucks about uh, have they imposed their will on anybody? Mm-hmm. Have they came out and set the tone in the first period and and really dominated and and the, there's been a couple of games where they've had a good first five or ten minutes, and then if they don't score, they get frustrated. And then mm-hmm. if the other team scores a goal, then it's forget it. We're out of this one, and uh, here we go again. And uh, the last game they played, is, and Spencer Martin talked about it It wasn't his best game, and uh, he, he was responsible. I thought that goal, Walker's goal from the side, the Canucks come back, they tie it up. Uh, they're starting to carry the play a little bit. They're imposing their will on the other team. And the, the guy comes down the wing and scores a goal that should have been stopped. And then immediately the Canucks into their shell again, back on their heels. And then all of a sudden it's 2-1, 3-1. And it ends up 5-1. Dave Tomlinson's here. Sat radio. There's Dave Tomlinson. <laughs> voice of the Seattle Kraken, Dave Tomlinson, is in the building.
1: Well, see, now you have a real star in your midst. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you should see the gray in his beard. Sat- I know you've got gray salt and pepper in your beard, but Dave Tomlinson, and he's much younger than you. <laughs> <What>?
1: <laughs> I think that's the first time anybody said I'm younger than, uh, that uh, Dave Tomlinson is older and yeah, younger than I am. really? <laughs> I just look, I gotta start shaving. you're trying now.
2: to be nice, it's Christmas, come on. <laughs> that was a compliment? <laughs> Yeah, That
1: just kind of tells you where our relationship. Sat
0: gets enough chirps on the text line for the Grays. You got to give it
2: to him too. Oh, She's I know. I know. Yeah. Well, that would be a good, good contest to have. How old is that? You know, you, you take a guess. I know. Hey, so if you come within, if you come within five years, you get some swag from Sat six fifty.
1: <laughs> some Satnet swag. I'll we'll send it over to you. I mean, I did want to ask about Ethan Bear and how he's played. And, you know, it looks like he's not going to be playing in the game coming up against the Seattle Kraken. But overall, like, what do you think of his play? And would he be a player that you would tab to take out
2: in a game? Uh, I. You want to get his attention if you don't think he's playing as well as he can. Mm. And on this team their defense is, as we all know not their strength so you want to get the best out of the guys you have and by doing this I assume Bruce is saying okay you know we've tried to get you to do some different things and with me I like the way Ethan plays most of the time but his decision making is is questionable sometimes and Uh, His decision-making, when to pinch, uh, when to try and carry it out, when to make the cross-ice passes, those kind of things uh, that can be corrected or hopefully can be corrected. And you rotate around on the defense. Uh, Who are the three guys that you would never take out? Well, well, four guys. You've yeah, got the four guys. Mm-hmm. Hughes, like, Luke, Myers, OEL, and Shen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the other guys, you can rotate them around and, and hopefully get them playing as well as they possibly can. And then you can get a pair out of those bottom guys that you can count on. And right now, and, and I'm, I think they would like Ethan to play probably in the top four, mm-hmm. but you'd want him to play at least In the bottom pair and play consistently, and that's the one thing about Ethan's game is the the consistency, isn't there?
0: It is uh, John Garrett joining us um, with with Quinn Hughes. um, You know, I know he still doesn't have a goal on the season. It it feels like he's uh, he's taking a shot anytime he he uh, gets the opportunity to trying to get that one that one first goal. But at the same time, like it, it just. It hasn't felt like we've seen the best version of Hughes. Not that he's been poor, John. It's just, are we going to see the best version of Hughes this season?
2: Well, I oh, don't, I don't know. And uh, I think there's only been, and Sad, you, and you know, you guys uh, look at every game and right. and you know the game well and. Uh, have you seen – there's only been about twice this season that I've seen Quinn really accelerate yeah. like he can mm-hmm. when he's 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that strikes me. He still plays 25, 26 minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, he, and he probably can't – obviously he can't hurt whatever's ailing him anymore or he wouldn't be playing. But he hasn't been able to use uh, a little bit of explosive speed. And I've only seen that maybe once or twice all season long where uh, he's been able to really skate like he can. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons that we haven't seen him uh, jump up as much as he, he can. And uh, he, he doesn't gamble as much as he did because he knows he needs that explosive speed to get back. And that's one of the reasons he was so good when he was healthy mm-hmm. was he take those chances. And gamble. I mean, how many times did we see him knock down pucks in the offensive zone? You would say, oh, man, if that gets by him, that's a clean two-on-one the other way. And even if it got by him, he was quick enough to get back. But now he's afraid to do that because he knows he doesn't have that quickness.
1: Well, I think, I think you're right about that. It's something we have talked about. It, we have observed over the course of the season. And, you know, let's not forget, I mean, he had also got sick before the season, broke his nose. And then he had a stretch where he missed a bunch of games with the undisclosed issue he was dealing with, which was, it seems like, a lower body issue, which it seems like he also perked up at some point during training camp. And it seems like he hasn't fully overcome that. And one of the things that happens, Cheech, I don't need to tell you, you played in the league, but when you're not physically there... That's where the frustration starts coming in too right you're not able to play your game the team's struggling so like the, the frustration it seems like from Hughes is mounting uh because he can't go out there and do the things he's used to doing, especially with his skating. yeah yeah but i
2: I think with Quinn and like he's managing it and he, yeah. he's playing as much as he always did, and that's you just you go out and do as much as you can physically. And I think that's where Quinn's at right now. He knows that okay, it's he's not at his peak, but he can contribute. And who else plays? Yeah. Who else plays as much as he does in every situation? Nobody. And uh, but I don't I don't know whether frustrated would be the right word. I think he, it's one of those things you just accept it and you go out and play as well as you can. You know it's not the best Quinn use that is available, but you go out and do your best.
0: So, uh, okay, we know ketchup with the turkey, but what's uh, what's what's the best side dish for Christmas dinner? Is it the mashed potatoes? What what are we talking oh, about? Oh, mashed
2: potatoes for sure. Mashed potatoes. Yeah. And I try and sneak some ketchup on the mashed potatoes. <laughs> uh, my wife makes a very good dressing, so I like dressing. But you can put some ketchup on the dressing too. Okay. So anything that most people put gravy on. Yeah. <laughs> that red sauce is just as good.
1: Okay. Well, one thing I don't I don't believe it gets talked about enough. Everybody talks about Christmas dinners. What about Christmas breakfast slash brunch? Ooh. No. No, no. no. Is that a thing for you? Seth? Yeah, oh yeah.
2: No, that's not a thing for me. It's uh, not? No. Man. I never so, do that. Like, I, you, you wait for—is oh, that the next day after? First? Oh no! I mean,
1: no. You can have the brunch and then you have yeah. dinner later. No. On. you can have yeah, both
2: in the same day. your spoils your dinner. You have th- you how? I mean, brunch is at dinner. noon. What's, you got to eat dinner at. What's seven? different
0: about Christmas brunch than like well, you, any other brunch? You, you know, like if you don't
2: have little kids, you don't get up early. <laughs> yeah. So you get up and have a regular breakfast, and then you. Fast until uh, <laughs> it's dinner time. It's yeah, not Lent. It's snack, Christmas. Like come on. A couple of drinks and uh, you get ready for Christmas.
0: Sat's just so excited to have his two eggs, avocado, and tomato every every day for <laughs> Cocktail sausages for Christmas. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
0: For breakfast. Uh, yeah. Cheech, we'll it's see. Ya, we'll see it you in a bit. It
2: be fancy. Do you have mimosas, Sat, too?
1: Uh, I mean, if it's Christmas, I'm not going anywhere. So yeah, I mean, why not yeah. have a mimosa? Now, now we're talking. Okay, why not? Yeah. I mean, like, well, I mean, That's nobody goes anywhere for Christmas. The only yeah. thing, the only thing you go to on Christmas Day maybe is go watch a movie, a matinee yeah. or something. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah.
2: Well, there's uh, football games on. Basketball yes. games on. Yeah. I was reading about poor Tom Brady has to stay in a hotel for Christmas <laughs> uh, because now he's separated, and he doesn't get the kids till the next day. Oh, poor Tom. Yeah, (laughs) it's tough.
0: (laughs) Tough tough life Tom Brady's living, hey? (laughs) He could have retired. man's like
2: 45. I mean, you don't have to keep playing. Uh, He's almost my age. Yeah. And here he is. He's still playing in the NFL and uh, whining about uh, being in a hotel on Christmas Day. It's it's tough. I don't don't think too many people are uh,
0: shedding tears for Tom Brady. Uh, Thanks for this as always, Cheech. We'll see you in a bit.
2: Yeah, Merry Christmas to you guys. Yeah. And I'm sure Sat Radio will give you some time off. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're back on there the 27th. And Dan, <laughs> back Dan uh, Italian Christmas. Oh, it's the best. I mean, come on. How many relatives are gonna be at your place? Or are you going over to somebody else and mooch Christmas dinner off somebody else?
0: Usually usually mooching. I'm not uh yeah. I'm not that great oh, of a cook. Oh,
2: Manja manja manja. My my sisters, one's a Lombardy and one's a decresse now. Yeah. So okay. whenever we get together with their families, it's always manja manja manja. Oh. oh man, enough already.
0: Christmas Eve, the feast of the seven fishes. Let's go.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Uh, all right, Cheech. Okay, talk to you later. See. see you in a bit. Cheech, Cheech,
1: uh, Cheech sounds like he's in need of some holiday cheer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: he's watching too much Canucks hockey lately. <laughs> oh,
1: like all of us. He's, uh... I mean, honestly, like, I got so sick Yeah. the last couple of weeks. Like, that flu, like, knocked yeah. me down so hard that, like, I'm happy to be feeling good enough to watch Canucks hockey again.
0: This is the most you've ever been able to relate to Elias Pettersson. <laughs> This is the only time. Sats <laughs> <Seth's> like Petey, <"PD, laughs> I feel you I, I know what you've been going through, man. I yeah. know. I well, know. So like
1: I, I've heard, you know, the flu's kinda run through the team. Yeah. And it has. But obviously it's it's impacted some guys worse than others. It's kind of the same thing that's been going through our building. I yeah, know Bruff's yeah. been dealing with a big sick now again or whatever. Yeah. And you know, some people you're sick for a couple of days, but others you get hit harder, right? Yep. And this this is one of those flus going around. I mean, people know this. I mean, everybody's been dealing with it with their families and stuff, but if you get hit hard on it, you, you're like you're non functional for a few days. Yeah. And that's why it shouldn't be as, like, it, it's surprising, because, you know, uh, Ray was asking me on Twitter, it's like, usually you don't hear somebody being sick being a game-time decision and missing this many games. I mean, missed three games because of the flu. Like, what's going yeah. on? And I'm like, well, uh, usually I would be like, yeah, that seems <laughs> odd. But
0: th- the stuff going <laughs> going around right now, like, it, it's it's rough. It's really rough. This RSV thing, man, it's uh, I don't know what it is. It's serious. I don't know what it is. Uh, all right, it's Stan Richo Satyar Shah coming up. Shane Malloy is going to join us. Uh, His take on the World Juniors that are about to start next week. That's coming up on Canuck Central.